Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talkin' BS. My name is Van Santos, and as always, I'm joined by my old pal, Corey Bell. This week's episode was super special to me for a couple of different reasons. We've got one of my best friends in the world, Brandon Dowd, joining us on the pod, also known as B-Dowd, also known as Rowdy Dowdy. He gets in the booth with us, and we talk about all things metal music, from favorite concerts, playing in bands, and just how we relate to heavy metal music. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's titled The Pit Pod. You're listening to Talkin' BS. Oh, am I starting? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's up? All right. So we got uh, Brandon Dowd with us today. Uh, another another special uh, guest episode uh, coming straight out of Van Santos' home office slash studio setup. Uh, first one we got set up correctly. Feel bad for Tyler now because we basically threw him in a beanbag and a fold-out chair. He, he was set, in a fold-up uh, here, chair here for sure. Yeah, fold-up uh, chair. So now we got it actually set up. We're, we're getting there, right? We're, we're becoming more and more professional week in, week out. Uh, so Brandon, it's the first time you and I've actually got to meet pretty excited about it and, you know, meet virtually. So meet is the, it really, uh, have we not met at least once before? I thought that that was the case, but <laughs> Listen, you know what? Listen, ML Rose gets away from me from time to time. So there's no it's talent. possible. Yeah. I mean, time does not matter anymore. After losing a year, there is, there is nothing before That's... what was 2020, but wow. But hi guys. Uh, thanks for having me on BSing with the boys. BS with the boys. Yes, and with the boys. All right. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. So, yes, we, ha- we have Brandon Dowd here. Um, excited to have him. And, yes, to echo what Corey said, the setup is getting a little bit better in here, you know? It is. I'm impressed. I mean, this looks professional. So. It's, 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 it's inching closer and closer to it. I think the white claws on the desk really add a nice accent, uh, a nice touch to the the overall vibe that we got going on yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of professional, a little bit of white trash, everything Just that it should be. the right amount. Um, Still all right. more professional than a bus. Just saying. Just I'm, not, gonna, yeah. I'm not throwing stones. That You can do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't so. live in Nashville, so it's fine. Well, uh, if you... The way we're going to start off most of our guest episodes is if you have anything you'd like to weigh in on on past episodes or anything that we've said in the past or just any comments about the podcast in general, we're going to open it up to you if you have anything that you would like to touch on. Bold of you to assume that I listen to your show. That's actually a really good point. He actually didn't know we had a podcast till 30 minutes ago. I just told him, do you want to come have some White Claws? Yeah, I figured that's what we were doing. No, I... um, I am a selective listener. I try and uh, tune in as much as possible, but definitely my fir- uh, my favorite ones are um, when you have guests on, yeah. and obviously you, you have the best one you've ever had now, so congratulations to you both. Nice. I feel good about that. Don't worry. There will be a lot of self-deprecation as well. There will be, be some serious <laughs> self-deprecation. Nice. Um, my question is, and well, I, I'd like to do like maybe a famous and maybe just like each of your friends, like who is your white whale? of a guest and what would the topic be for oh, gosh. the show? Oh man. Van, we can oh, start man. with you. Uh, 
Yikes! Hey, wait, hold on. Can, let me let me clarify this. Is yeah, this it's, like, it's so many t- realistic like, topic ranges. Like, we, we we threw out you know Will Compton. You know, there's there's that like as a loose you know maybe but Taylor the one would never happen. I'd right? say so let's like, let's ha- go with one realistic, one not realistic. Jesus. <laughs> you go. Oh, hey, you right. choose Jesus. I'll choose Fergie. Okay. <laughs> I like it. My dad would love that episode. My dad would love that episode. Uh, why, <laughs> why whale of a guest? I honestly don't even think I've ever thought that far ahead. You know, I will say Just trying to make it to next week. The podcast that I listen to probably the most is Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. I would just love to have a conversation with him. That would be really cool. Another person. I'd love to have a conversation with Kristen Bell. Does that count? Uh, well, I can have a podcast. We're just sure, sure. We'll just say we nod and say yes to that. Maybe um, I'm trying to think about just who are cool people, not necessarily celebrities, but I guess so. Chris Pratt would be a fun conversation to have. I feel like he would have some fun things to say. He's good at vamping as well. Like yes. on Parks and Rec, he has so much that is ad libbed, and he's just a funny guy. Could I to just let him go? Yeah, it would be a fun time. I w- I'm thinking about characters as well. If I could, if I could interview Michael S- or uh, Steve Carell as Michael Scott, that would be amazing. There is a Ron Burgundy podcast, and I hear it's. I was awful, about to say so. uh, yeah, the, the Ron Burgundy. I didn't. I haven't listened to it. I listened to a first couple episodes. I wasn't the most impressed. Um, Okay. Any Dude, other? I pull, so I just I just watched the um, uh, the the TNT uh, stuff, the documentary they just did on uh, the NBA show, whatever inside inside the uh, the NBA. They just did a thing, a four part docu series. Yeah. On those guys, I would love to have Shaq on, man. Shaq's hysterical. Bigger than life personality, just the antics. Just Shaq, that, dude, Shaq would be huge. Snoop, like, or, be, Snoop or Samuel L. Jackson would be fun as well. Both of those guys would get after it be a lot of editing in those. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of editing well, in those that's one, that, Those would be two that you just have to open up to I, a cold call. That's, I think I just let, it, let it run. Just, <laughs> hey, just slap that E on there and just explicit and let's just go. Um, any other recaps or anything before we jump into it? I don't believe so. I think we should probably All right. just go. Well, in that case, I've got a list of icebreakers. Okay. Okay. See, when people send in questions for this podcast... I usually tell them what is the topic, who's the guest, whatever. And then they decide usually just to send random questions about nothing that I told them we were going to talk about. So with that being said, Mr. Zach Huff will start us off. All right, let's get it going. Uh, he says, when you wipe, do you stand up or just lift one leg while sitting down? Um, I'm a stander. And this is actually... Um, Full stand? Oh, yeah. Well, like at attention. Or like a little squat. No, like a, like a military general. <laughs> um, no, it's... <laughs> I don't even... It's a it's a squat and lean forward situation, and this Corey, is actually Corey. A, stay with us. Stay with us. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna cut out half the show. It'll be fine. Um, no, this is actually a topic that I have heard on many different podcasts, and it is divisive. It's like a fifty fifty situation. Yeah. And I myself am considered a stander. It's like a it's a lean forward and slightly up okay. situation. I did not know until I started hearing that question that there was anything else. So I think that's thanks, mom. Shout out to Nancy. Everybody thinks that they're like this is how everybody does it. That's funny. Okay, any Corey, any <laughs> input? That, any input on that? No, listen. So I mean, obviously, you since you only listen to like one out of every seventeen of our episodes, we did um, talk about we, this. Uh, we did talk about this <laughs> <laughs> uh, because was like when personal I was in the hygiene, Navy, I definitely listened to personal hygiene. I, imagine, I don't know, it might have been. I yeah. can't remember which one it was. What was it in? But Time does not exist. 
Well, no, I think it was story time. Maybe when I was talking about like the biggest fight that I got in when I was in the navy because it was about this. Oh, that's you what were standing it was. Up at the time. We, that's what it was. I, I was. I was lean. Do I do? I do the forward lean. If you check out my toilet seat. You can see that one side is looser than the other. It like it starts that gradual slide. I'm gonna all the weight. I'm gonna hard pass. I'm gonna hard pass. I'm gonna I'm gonna not check out your toilet seat. So all right. Yeah. Whatever. Zach. Zach. No. 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 Van. Sitter. Standard. I'm a sitter. Lean forward. So I guess it would be a one leg. He describes this as just lift one leg while sitting down. I guess if I'm thinking about it, it would be a yeah one leg. That sounds cumbersome. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even. I don't even think about it at this point. It's the lazy man's way out. <laughs> Zach Huff would like to know what was the craziest homeless person you ever met, or what was your craziest homeless person encounter? <sighs> the craziest homeless person encounter. I think we all know homeless Daryl. Homeless Daryl. Homeless Daryl. There's just been so much, and for I mean, for anyone that may just be tuning in, this is your first episode. We all, most of Van's friends, come from the valet world, working in hotels. This is um, your first episode. <laughs> it's not my actual <laughs> first episode. Um, and there's just so much fecal matter, and oh. seeing some genitalia, and just like all kinds of things oh. that you just you don't want to have to see at work. It really, um, it really humbles you. I'd, I'd say I don't. I, I wish I had a more specific answer, but just the antics of of homeless Daryl. I've seen him just in, in front of our hotel, like making a fake gun and and pointing it up at the hotel and just blasting off. I've seen him put into multiple <laughs> multiple police cars and showing up three days later. It's just. Uh, it sounds like an interesting life. I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I, I've had a couple myself. Um, the one notable one I can think of, I was actually at the mayor at Vanderbilt and we had this, I mean, he was a veteran, but he was just known around the block as the guy that just showed up and just, he was going to cause some hell every day. If you saw him, you knew some shit was about to go down. And so he goes inside, he was already on the like no serve list at the bar, but it was somebody new working. So she gave him a beer. He started like drinking it and then spitting it out at people <laughs> like at the bar, like, you know, like when you're like Billy Madison in the tub, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like stop looking at me, swan, like that whole thing. And then uh, he starts like harassing people and he grabbed the butt of the uh, the waiter, or the waitress at the time or something. Anyways, the, the cops get called. He gets pulled out. Um, he, he He's in a wheelchair. He only has one leg. So um, he starts they start getting him in the police car and he just starts peeing all over himself and the cops. Stuff like that was pretty pretty regular in our industry yeah i mean there's always a little bit of pee pee there's all i mean always some urine yeah wow see that's the only homeless story i have involves pee like that's it that's all i hey, got that's the only one i got that's normally van how those there. stories go yes van was there the well, hey, it wasn't my van pee was okay it was not um, hank tank zach huff's last question i think in total is smash one kill one marry one oprah ellen rosie o'donnell I would have to kill Ellen because, you know, recent events. Um, okay. I would definitely... Oh, that's hard. <laughs> 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 oh, no. I think I would have to marry Oprah because... The money? Well, They've all I, got money. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, to be quite honest. I was thinking the smash is going to be so quick. You've met me. Um, <laughs> that... Uh, that 
it's such a such a chance encounter that will never happen again. I don't want to have to continue to see Rosie O'Donnell, and I feel like Oprah and I would get along. Like we'd have barbecues and go out on the boat, and like we could live a good life together. All right, but there Ellen's dead. You Oprah and Ellen, Gail hanging out. Ellen is definitely dead. <sighs> see, I'm killing Rosie, man. Killing Rosie. I had already said kill Evan. uh, Evan. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Evan Thon. I had already said kill Ellen before I even thought about Rosie. So there's my answer. You got to stick to it. All right. I can respect that. For the sake of time, I'm skipping this question. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. Oh Um, come on! (laughs) If I have to answer it, I'm. I'm in agreement though. I think Rosie's got to go. She's out. I'm marrying Oprah though. It is about that quiche. I'm probably it's probably gonna I'm probably gonna marry. Yeah. Oprah and look, as well. Ellen's a dancer. Her hips don't lie. You know, we'll see how it oh goes. Oh my gosh. That's uh, that is uh, that is a picture that's now second, in my mind. Our second. <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a great start. Hey, oh, keep it, keep in mind these are the icebreakers. So, uh, the next round of questions comes from one Mr. S. Cody Santos. Oh, lovely. He's got two questions that he, you, Cody. he recorded for you, so you get to listen to these. All right. you are um what gives what what gives you the right irony here these were the same two questions that you wanted me to ask Tyler. Yeah. So Cody, <laughs> Cody, here's my answer. If you don't think I had already thought of your questions, you're a fool. You're a fool. He sent me these this morning, and I was like, I said, "Ha, okay," because in my mind, I'm like, these are the same ones that Brandon wanted me to ask. It's Tyler. already been done. <laughs> um, I I know that there will be some office references flying. Can you hear the white claw coming out a little bit? Oh, it's already there a little bit. <laughs> um. But I'm trying to hold back because I want some people that are on the outskirts of that to maybe still be able to understand the show, or it'll just be office reference after office reference. Very true. But I mean, I almost put on my Dunder Mifflin one shirt again. Yeah, he he often wears a Dunder Mifflin shirt for this. We have the same blue one. I think everybody has it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I think it's from Target or, or a Kohl's or some shit. Here is a good um, a good connection to Cody's question. On uh, both Cody and I were were in Van's wedding, and on the wedding day. Um, Cody was rocking the Dwight socks and I was rocking the assistant to the regional manager socks. That so, was a funny coincidence. There's that always, was pretty great. Always got to be the callback. Pretty great. That's awesome. Um, our next question comes from Mr. Tyler King. Oh, um, I want to handle this as respectfully as possible. It's the most unoriginal question I've ever gotten before. In my He's going to tell me to at, spell the word, word no. Worcestershire. No, nope. <laughs> but it was your first question. He wants to know how big is it? <clears throat> so oh, yeah, nope. I have coined the term aggressively medium. <laughs> and there's your answer. And there it is. All right, moving on. It's more about girth. All right, Eli Eby. I'm just going to read this word for word because it doesn't do it justice if I don't just read the question. I, I would like to spin it, but we just need to know what he said. He says, Sup, guys. Super fan Eli Eby again here. Rowdy effing dowdy. I genuinely feel bad because I really thought this podcast was going places. And then you have this literal bum as a guest. But hey, maybe one day. Totally kidding about the podcast, but Brandon, I hate you. Okay, and then he's got three questions. <laughs> oh, I think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's normally After how that. all my interactions he go. He says, since we're talking music, 
Now, this is a cool one. I like this. Since we're talking music, you have $100 in your hand to give as a request to the Broadway band to play a song. What is the Broadway song that you're choosing to request? Can't go metal. or It's got to be yeah. a song that's regularly yeah, played down absolutely. there. Wow. Good one, Eli. That is a good one. I All right, so when I got when I saw this question, I 100 thought like Broadway, like a musical, because I was prepared with like my no. shot from Hamilton, like 100. No, percent That's where no, I was at. No, you did not. 100. percent Popular from Wicked. That's my final answer. Get real. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's 100. Any, any actual? Where I took any, yeah. No, I've got it. Now I mean, that you know the real story, or now that you know the real question, Corey, do you? What's your Broadway song, Brandon? You got one? I do, and it's the first one that comes to my head, and it just, you know what? It gets the people going. It's Friends in Low Places, man. Ten times out of ten, it's a great one. Isn't that like the the most popular karaoke song of all time? I think. Isn't that? I'm pretty sure there's an article about it. I mean, I no would not, uh, maybe brown eyed girl, but yes, I would not be surprised in the slightest, but I mean, it's just, it's a winner on Broadway, man. You want to, you want to get people hmm. excited. It's friends in low places. That one's great. And also mine would probably be don't stop believing for the same oh, exact reason. Of, journey. Yeah. It gets, it gets the, every, it gets the whole bar is like, Oh, we're into it now. Let's go. Uh, five blocks worth of white people. That- Here we go. <laughs> Lose yourself by Eminem. Does that count? But also, let's think about the question a little deeper, though. You got a hundred dollars. They're playing "Don't Stop Believing" for five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was thinking, can you split the hundred dollars? Because that could be five songs. I it think could twenty is easily easy. be five songs. hundred. If you're throwing down a hundred, that means that means you've either told them to stop playing "Freebird" or you've told them to start playing uh, "Rocky Top." That's usually no, well, that's what, that what I was going to say was if I really want someone to play something for me and it's Rocky Top, it's got to be 100. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see is second question from Eli. Oh, hey, there we go. Piano man. There we um, go. That's a good one, too. Eli's second question is if I jumped off a bridge, would you jump off it, too? Oh, 100%. I had no doubt that the answer was going to be yes. And then to my answer would be depends on how high. <laughs> and if there's water, well, is there water and, underneath? And is there water? Is there water or white claw underneath? <laughs> white claw underneath. All right, Corey, you don't even know Eli really, really. So you're probably not, not jumping. Really. I'm guessing. Um, all right. The third question is: If you were, this is a great one too. If you were sent on the Mars One mission to colonize Mars, and you can only bring three items, what are you taking and why? Yeah, yeah, he went way out Man, there. I feel like I'm getting some more difficult on-the-spot <laughs> questions. They're getting better with time. The questions are getting better with time. <laughs> Everyone's really honing their craft as listeners of this show. Oh How my big gosh. is it? Yeah, well, I, I mean... mean. <laughs> oh, does anyone else want to go first? Because I have well, got... Before, I've got before to, we go, I will give... I'll e- give you a couple. Eli's, Eli's close was big fan of the show guys Corey. we haven't met yet but we need to have a beer sometime van and brandon eh, whatever bye i'll hang up and listen thanks <laughs> so uh mars mission three items i mean i gotta have something to listen to music on so if that's a phone nowadays if that's some sort of headset i don't know if 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 like headphones count you know what i'm saying but i'm also probably bringing the non-battery powered Bluetooth version. I'm using like the, the actual manual plug-in because I don't want to run out of battery. I don't want to be... Yeah, where are you going to plug that in in exactly, Mars? Exactly, exactly. Where am I getting? Am I getting solar power? I don't know. Maybe I need a solar panel. I don't know. Thoughts? 
a knife, matches, and a H2O purifier where you can piss into this cup and it makes it into drinking water. Again, we're on Mars. Way to go for what the, the boring matches? answers, Corey. We're on, we're on <laughs> Mars. What are we going to use a knife and matches for? Aliens, dude. There. <laughs> what do you think is on Mars? If we're there, we have to colonize. I need some apparatus to like collect water from ice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I can pee into this cup and I got water. All right, Bear Grylls. All right. Yeah, I mean, hey, so it works. I have two, and I'm thinking that my third will hopefully come to me. Um, assuming that they're an item, I've got to bring my puppies. They are the only. The, if there was the one thing, I is have that a to, package I, deal? Is like a, that's yeah, one item. There, it's it's assuming already. they're also one item. <laughs> if they have to be two, already. then only one can come. Um, well, let's but, just ooh, Sophie's choice. <laughs> let's go into this right now um there are very few things that i love in this world eli is not one of them but my puppies are um so it would have to be my puppies and then secondarily i would need my laptop it does not need any other capabilities apart from the ability to play world of warcraft because it's the only (laughs) way that i spend my time alone in entertainment attaboy and third i really don't know god i'm gonna leave it as a twofer and what if, what, if, if, what if he wanted you to say you're bringing eli well i don't look at him oh as wow an okay item. That, that's a hard no no so I don't he's look not at, bringing i don't look at him okay, as an item fair. i would assume he is also venturing on this journey and has his three items as well which is his cornhole yeah, can board. We this, is very, this is very true huh can we combine stuff? Like, I bring three, you bring, like, you know, like, you know, I bring a solar panel, you bring your stuff to get powered by well, my solar panel. Why are you trying to live so bad? This is about <laughs> fantasy. Listen, Elon Musk is going to colonize this place for too much longer. There's going to be some, and he's a lot richer than I am, so here. he can bring the solar panels. <laughs> There's going to be some red, corv- like, convertible that's going to land and pick us up at some point. So we just need to survive for a little while. Um, any other thoughts on Mars? I don't even know. What to, that's the weirdest question. Any other thoughts on here. Mars? <laughs> not uh, off the top of my head. This is not a rocket scientist podcast. Surprising, you know. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that's your icebreakers. How do you feel so far? I'm feeling good. I feel like either time is moving really fast or i feel like we're rocketing through these i it's a combination of both okay just well, excitement adrenaline great questions those were the softballs those were the softballs those are what the conversation starters <laughs> we'll see we'll see all right so let's back up now to some seriousness so how did we meet you and i how did you end up on this how did i, I keep wanting to say on the bus you're not on a bus how did you end up in this office um <laughs> Is that a question from yeah. somebody? No, that's from me. That's from you. Yeah, how, we're just going to have a conversation. How did we meet? We're going to do a podcast. <laughs> how about that? Um, how did we meet? We met on your first wedding day. Um, Definitely digging that one out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it is it is the truth. Um, I was working. Did we have met? I was there. <laughs> well, and I actually was not invited to the wedding. No, I no, just no, happened no, no. To... He was working. That It's fine. <laughs> It's fine. Never mind. I uh, we worked together, um, and I met Van for the first time. Um, he was teaching a class that I was a part of because I was uh, young and moving up in management, and it just so happened that he was uh, finishing that class and going 
to get married. I forget about this 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 day. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Um, fast forward probably a couple of months, you end up uh, becoming my manager. Um, we um, bond over music uh, within the first like thirty minutes, and uh, it's pretty much a wrap from there. Um, uh, our, hey, our heyday was at the Hilton, for sure. Our heyday was at the Hilton. We, we left that first hotel, um, each collectively. Um, you were my boss, I was your boss. Um, and yeah, there was at one point in time, we were like, I was, of course, under you, and uh, we were, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey! I was going to let it go. And we co-managed the Hilton, and uh, you know, we tore that shit up. It was a blast. That was probably one of my favorite times, was when you were there, and our fellow Mars... One mission uh, accompaniment, uh, Eli. Yeah, that was a, that was a great. We time. We had a good time, and I mean, it doesn't uh, make it any worse that it was the easiest job that the three of us collectively had at the same time. Which means we got to actually enjoy our lives and have fun and be friends. Yeah, and I didn't have to hate everyone. Breaking away at the end of the day to uh, go across the street to brew house. Whenever multiple when it, times. Yes, the spot was Broadway Brew House, which was right across the street. And uh, we would always just meet over there for early beers. Not always, but there were, you know, Thursday, Friday, maybe sometimes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you yep. know, whatever. Sometimes it was 11, sometimes it was 1245 at night and we were going over there after an event too. That was, that was some fun times. Yeah, absolutely. Times. I mean, there was, there was a lot of times that is for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, we had all those times working together and then of course, over time we just became closer and closer and, um, you know, I mean, we started talking all the time. I think if there's any man that I text the most in the world, it is you. Oh my and I think God. it's, I think it's, uh, it's prompted by you. I don't just go out texting my friends, but you are one of those guys. I'm, and, a, I'm a texter for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was just in your wedding. You will be in my wedding coming up in five months and you know, indubitably good buddies. <laughs> Hi, Corey. Nice to meet you. Hey, Corey. Nice to meet <laughs> you. Right. It's cool, guys. I'm here. I'm Date cool. Mike. Nice hey. to meet me. Um, all right. So we had some questions. You have a new career now. <laughs> we have another question from Tyler King, and he says, how did your time in hospitality prepare you for your new job? A real question, a real serious question from Mr. King. You would like to know this. That's a great question. I appreciate that, Tyler. Um, I mean, it is, at the end of the day, it is still the service industry. The difference is that the people are a lot easier to deal with um, objectively. You're typically dealing with people with more buying power than your Joe Schmo using third-party uh, travelocities to, to book a night at a hotel. Um, people are genuinely working with me rather than just trying they to just want to suck the life yeah out of you. I, most of my past life i was trying to take people that were unhappy and just try and make it better in this career i'm providing someone with you know the biggest purchase some of the most exciting things that they will ever experience in being a realtor i don't know if that was actually said um oh yeah yeah you should yeah. explain that correct so you're going so, into real estate yes i i am a real estate agent now i am a realtor um what prepared me to be a realtor is uh, just the grind of talking to 300 people a day, every day, five to seven days a week, 40 to 70 hours a week. Um, and, you know, I just have that ability to, to speak to a person. And it, uh, it is not as easy as one may think. The bar for entry to be a, a realtor is relatively low. So there are some realtors out there that aren't that great. And I feel confident uh, moving into this new career. Um, 
five five or six months in now yeah. um, that uh, I, I've got the tools. I always that feel it like takes. <clears throat> I always feel like hospitality just will help you really in anything in, in any career in anything. Just because your ability to read people to to know how to deal with different situations, adversity. It, it teaches you so much. I mean, you get to learn. You get to meet a wide, diverse group of people, yeah. all kinds of people. At the end of the day, there are more jobs that do not require a college education than there are that do. And right. all, most of those careers are centered around <clears throat> serving people. And even ones that require a college education also are centered around people. Unless you're looking at a computer all day, which those exist at some point in time, you're going to talk to a person, whether that's an internal client, an external client, and you have to have those skills. And being a kid and running cars and managing people that ran cars, I, I learned that skill. That's awesome. So can, so can I ask you this question that um, I don't mean to, like, make it sound shitty, which Please it probably do. will. But Shit on me. Why, He's you know, it. especially with today's technology <laughs> and the way that things are working, why would I need a real estate agent when I have Zillow? So there are a lot what's of... What's the sell? What's, what's that sell, right? I mean, like, dude, I, I, I will lightly sell it. There are a lot of good things that you can get with Zillow, and honestly, they're only getting better. They're buying services that real estate agents use. It is becoming easier and easier to buy your own house, but I will specifically talk about this environment we're in right now where there is no, as a buyer specifically, there is no inventory, and you have to have someone that can write a contract. And you have to have someone that knows the person that is selling the house, knows the agent that is selling the house. Because right now, you're going to, if, if I'm selling you a house in Nashville, you're moving out to do the podcast full-time with Van, um, you're going to need someone that knows the area and knows the people because you're going to be competing against 10 to 30 other offers. It is unprecedented, something that... Uh, will go away and won't always be the case, but the volatility of something that is the real estate market will always be changing. And that is something that Zillow will not ever be able to create wholly with a computer. I can dig that. I mean, that, that, that takes out the human connection, right? So talk to me about this then. So if, you, if you're going from that perspective to make a sell, um, you know, are you getting in like before these things are listed? Like, you know, and then, you know, obviously you talked about how hot the market is. The market's crazy. So me being in construction and stuff now, I know what the price of lumber has done to like new builds especially. So it's driven a lot of people to purchase, the, you know, already pre-existing homes. How much of a, a of a margin and a markup and a, like an over asking are you really seeing right now? Like, just explain to me how crazy that is. Um, well, let's get boring for a second and talk about lumber because because yeah. <laughs> it is insane. I mean, the, we're talking about wood. <laughs> let's go. Um, you <laughs> aggressively medium. I ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought when you said aggressively what? lumber. <laughs> lumber. Uh, um, we're getting boring. Uh, yeah, we're getting boring. Um, new build houses. I uh, being a new real estate agent, I'm doing a lot of prospecting. I'm going out to new builds and stuff like that. Um, and talking to their agents, and they're not pricing houses until they're already sold. Like, the demand is so high that there are people coming in from other states, specifically California and uh, and Seattle, and they are buying houses before they know how much it costs. So in a market like that, we've got a lot of, especially 
um, once again, on the newer side of things where I'm specializing in between two and $500,000 houses, it's heavily investors. And once again, these are people with all cash offers. Um, it's not even that you're seeing a, a huge markup, which you are. There is a markup of, I mean, $20,000 from asking price. But a lot of it is that People come in with all cash and no contingencies. They don't have to sell a house in order to close. They don't have to go through the closing process. They can deliver cash to you. And most sellers just don't want to deal with the headache. And that is where people lose out. So it's a difficult thing. I saw. But it is a fun challenge. I'm glad to be learning it now. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I I saw a report from my buddy recently that said, I think it was Williamson County, I believe, was it was the last 30 listings and the last 30 sales of, of homes over however period of time. And it was a 14.6% increase over asking prices, what they sold for <laughs> was like, or maybe it was a hundred. Wow. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was something crazy like that. Like they asked for this and like on average, they got 14.6% more than what they asked for, for the house. Yeah. Pretty, pretty wild. Dude, that's, that's not wild. surprising. And what that is driven by is the fact that in the month of March and April of 2021, the amount of houses that went on sale in Wilson County was in the single digits. Like it yeah. is low and, and there's unlimited well, buyers. Everyone wants to buy a house right now. So like our, we've got a lot of value in our house right here. Cause Kimberly bought about four or five years ago. But the thing is like, if we bought, if we sold, we would get a great deal, but where the hell are we going to move to? <laughs> it, is, it is true. That is a difficulty. Um, well, you got a great realtor right there. Yeah, ready to help got you a out. great yeah. realtor. <laughs> and he just sold me too. So, Well, okay. All right. Last question. Then, I, then we can move on. Right. And this is really open to both of you because it's more of a Nashville question, but based on one of the things you just said, right. A lot of people coming from California and Seattle and just outside of the area is Nashville. Cause I know Asheville definitely is. They're very anti-transplant. They're very like, we hate you until you're here for at least a little bit and get invested in the city. We don't want the outsiders moving in. Is, is Nashville that way at all? They are, and I think that's stupid. Everybody is, <laughs> everybody is a transplant, and of course, not everybody, <clears throat> but a large amount of people are, and we were just here seven years ago instead of now, and I don't see any reason why having different people, more people, is going to take away from what makes our city good. Our city is good because it's good, and more people want to experience that, and I'm sorry, but... That's cool. Come on, is my personal opinion. What do you got, Ben? I mean, I agree. I've been here for coming up on 10 years. No, I think 10 years is like this summer for me. So um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I definitely think there's a stigma towards transplants and, oh, you're not really from Nashville and stuff, which there are some people that it's like any other stereotype. They're going to give us a bad name. Like, I feel like I'm a transplant that came in, I worked, I'm contributing, I'm, I'm joining the culture, but then there's transplants that come in and they're still Blackhawks fans. <laughs> think, that about, is, think about that's, that. That's a good think comparison. About that. They were Blackhawks <laughs> fans in Nashville before this boom as well, though. I know. I'm kidding. I'm joking the about The thing that. is, is that if you came in and worked 10 years ago for you, seven years ago for me, what makes you think that these people coming in now aren't also going to do the same thing? Correct. We add to the culture of the city. So with, with all that being said, I've got one surprise questioner here. Okay. It's your fiance. All right. Amanda, she's jumped in. She's in the conversation. She's She's entered the chat room. She's also an avid listener. Really? No. I was about to say, I 
I don't think <laughs> out so. of our three female listeners, she's nope. one of them. I was gonna I say, know. I don't think so. I've done the math. It's not her. Um, she has three <laughs> questions, and I, they fit into this little job thing. So, number one, what is the hardest or easiest thing about working for yourself? Oh man, the well, I'll go hardest. Um, at least to start, I, I guess can probably you, I, do both. I'm sure you will. Um, oh God, aggressively um, medium. The hardest thing is that um, in my past, all of my jobs have been physically trying, whether that is, um, you know, actually running or waking up at ungodly hours. Like it has always been trying on my body. Right. Whereas this one is, it's an emotional stress, especially new. Um, Like I know I'm going to reach the point where I have a, a solid base of clients and referrals and all that. But right now, it's a lot of cold calls to people that I don't know. And, you know, working for yourself, you, you're not on the clock for anything. So I've got to right. motivate myself to get hung up on, which, you know, it happens. This, this brings us to her second question, which is... Why how, have you not brought in more money? <laughs> how do you work through the uncertainty of financial stability <laughs> when working for yourself? Which I, I understand this as like a new attorney. I, I, I feel this, but... That's the next question, which you're explaining right yeah. now. Well, I would advise everybody, get yourself a sugar mama, because it is absolutely necessary. <laughs> Very helpful. That is a joke. Roll time. <laughs> that is a joke. <laughs> um, as far as uh, financial insecurity is uh, concerned, um, it's something that, I mean, it, it is a joke, but it's also, you know, having a solid plan with your partner when you have a partner like I do. And, you know, we, we've talked through the financials and, and how our life is going to look in this time at the beginning and, you know, how things are going to look when I'm in a situation where we're providing equal and we can make investments based on my job and, and stuff like that. So it is, that's my answer. That's, it, the, that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. In it, my, I mean, cause I am in a living in an uncertainty right now as well. I have a job, but it's not the job I want. It's not where I want to be financially, but I'm being patient and being picky. It sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're just working towards the future. We're both working towards the future still. So I, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, absolutely. That That it is have a plan with your partner. And you know, if you don't have a plan with your, if you don't have a partner rather, um, you have to have a solid plan for yourself. You need to know where the money is going to come from. If you're drive an Uber or work in a second job at a grocery store or you or stop working or at Opryland or working at Opryland. Like you have to know that there is going to be her, something coming in. Her last question you may have just answered, but it was, do you have one piece of advice for people who are thinking about taking the leap and leaving corporate America to start their own business, which is essentially what you've done? No, I have no advice. Have a plan, <laughs> have a plan with your partner. Yeah. You gotta, <laughs> I, I, I'd, I'd say that that's probably it. Like you can't, it's, um, I was in a situation where I was laid off by my job and I didn't have the opportunity to have a, a concise plan, but I can speak about, um, my partner with the team. She was a, um, a, an elementary school teacher before she, jumped headfirst into real estate and she was doing both at the time i'd say no matter the business um like if you guys are trying to get this podcast off the ground and make it your number one uh source of income you can't you you always have to have a job before you can get a job fair 
Isn't that what Tom Hanks was in Saving Private Ryan? Wasn't he an elementary school teacher? Does anybody know? Well, he was something. He, I feel like he was like a, a math teacher or something. That's a good question. Unpopular fact, I have never seen that movie. Oh, my oh. God. Yeah. I'm a TV show guy. I, mean, I probably There's haven't a seen lot it in like movies. 10 years, but still. There fun, are fun, a funny lot of fact, movies. Funny fact, I'm about to cause <laughs> a... <laughs> If you're not opening your beers on a mic, then what are you doing? Yeah, you're right. Uh, I am about to uh, falsely imprison Brandon, and he will not be leaving this house till he finishes uh, Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Good, like a, as like it a, should be. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour movie, so you're going to be here a little while. That's great. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, as it should be. All right, so so that's kind of your background, and then I think I'm going to let Corey take it away. No, I don't want it anymore. Pivot. I don't want pivot. it. Pivot. I don't want it. Pivot. I don't want it. I don't want it. Don't be sour. You're always, you're always trying to jump the gun. I'm trying to go chronological here, okay? That's not even, the question's not even in here. Listen, this is the question. I asked what makes you qualified to talk about this music. This is the question. How did you first connect with music generally? That's not the same question. It's I, not the same question I, I, at ask, all. Ask your question he the is way right, that ben. you want to ask He it. is right. I know, I know. But I wanted to go through all of the background, and then, you know what we're going to do? We're going to talk for an hour at least about music. So, so what qualifies you to be able to talk through? <laughs> Ask your question, Corey. This is great. I, audio, I've asked guys. it like four times at this point. Okay, this is great audio. Are you guys having fun? I'm not having... you guys, the listeners. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Um, he got me. I hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh, I mean, I'm having a. I mean, the white claws help for it. it, uh, <laughs> it, it. Hey, no free shout outs on that. We should we should be collecting at least. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, so what qualifies what makes you qualify? What qualifies me to be the expert on this talk, topic on this show? Well, is, we, did, we didn't say you were an expert. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, well there we go. Just to, 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 to talk about it. Uh, what makes me qualified is not much. I was actually saying to Van off mic that we've got this group text called The Pit, and that's what this show is called. And there are lots of guys that I think might be a little more qualified than I am. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, objectively, um, I have always been uh, what was quote-unquote called a show kid. I played in bands, and I uh, screamed in bands all throughout high school and a little bit after high school. Um, so I, all throughout my life as a younger lad, um, was in that scene. So if we're here to talk about new stuff, I'm going to do my best, but uh, kind of the, the life and times of uh, someone in the pit, that is uh, kind of where I stand. Corey takes C, subsection I, subsection one. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, I feel like I'm in what a is... deposition. <laughs> I mean, the lawyer did write the outline, so I mean, it kind of I makes did. sense, I right? I did. All right. So, how did you first connect with music uh, in general? In general, um, I, in elementary school, would drive to school with my dad. He would, he would take me to school, and we would listen to one oh one one. Real rock in Orlando. It's not one on one one the beat jams, no, which is what it is here. Correct. It's very different. Nope, very different. In Orlando, it was the rock station, and we would listen to, um, you know, Papa Roach and uh, Sublime and um, oh, uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars, no. Three Days Grace. Like those were kind of the bands that I came up on listening to with my dad. The things that I consider dad rock. That's um, awesome. And then in, <laughs> in the fifth and sixth grade, he took me to Earth Day Birthday in Orlando. It just is a gigantic um, 
day-long show like Warp Tour that is put on by that same rock station. This is your station. first show ever. My first, first show ever. First major concert, it was, first show. It was headlined by Three Doors Down. Oh, a boy. Little, little Three bird. Doors Down. Three Doors, sorry. We saw them a couple times, didn't we, Ben? Uh, a couple. At least a couple. Yeah, we did, yeah. So that that would be my introduction. I'd say, if anything, it was uh, it was my dad uh, was having that kind of connection between the music, and then I, of course, getting older, expounded from there. Yeah. Some of the stuff that I uh, began to listen to and play and listen to now, he would think is hot garbage. But uh, that, <laughs> hey, we're we're on the same boat there. Yeah, but that is definitely so the origin story. Corey, I got, well, I got talk, talk to me. I got my yeah, own, but, but do you, for you, music. I mean, you're you're the you're the questionnaire here, but at the same time, I've got my own backstory which I'd like to share. But dude, music for us, so like, I mean, I think everybody has a probably a, a somewhat similar. I you know you listen to your parents' music kind of growing up a little bit more, right? So I mean, Billy Joel, Lionel Richie, all right, and uh, whatever country radio. Now I, I I and this is very unpopular opinion, especially talking to a lot of people in Nashville. I hate country. I cannot stand country music. Just can't do it. And it's, it's solely because it got so overplayed to me growing up. I just, I just can't do it. Uh, and then it was probably once I started kind of playing travel ball that uh, other outside influences got involved. And uh, that's, that's when I uh, started doing a lot more hip-hop and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm definitely more probably in the dad rock category now. Uh, and, you know, enjoy my dad bod with my dad rock and my Americana Avid brothers and, you know, just, just go about my day. Uh, but that's, I mean, for me, that was kind of my evolution. Probably a very stale evolution in comparison to the two of you. Mine was very similar to what you just described. I will never forget CD players. You're what, four years younger than me? I am, yes. You're yeah. 39. Um, one. one. Yes, I'm 27. Um, so <laughs> CD players were like really big right when I was coming out of middle school, maybe? I don't know. But CDs were big, so you, you didn't stream stuff. It wasn't like I couldn't just go get whatever I wanted. I either had what was on the radio or I had whatever got brought into my house or I can, what, what I could convince my dad to buy me, which started off with Creed. Creed was my first ever show. Creed opened up by Finger Eleven and Seven Dust, which those first two were pretty cool if you think Seven about Seven Dust headlined the second Earth Day birthday that I went oh, to. Oh, very nice. Yep. So... So Creed is my first show. They've got high. They had Human Clay came out. They've got higher and with arms wide open and stuff. So I'm like hearing like some pretty heavy guitars, and I'm like I'm attaching to that. I'm thinking this is a cool, edgy like kind of sound. With arms wide open, just like that. Um, and then to your point, which we'll talk about in a second, it definitely grows from there but i do remember my dad taking me to creed and a few other shows like smash mouth and baja men and like baja i missed that show would have loved to see the baja men let the dogs out which is a song about (laughs) ugly girls in a club not about dogs who who would have don't question it hey not me in middle school i didn't know Hold on, was it Van? Wasn't it in middle school that you went to a show with your dad and uh, Cody might have been there? Uh, and didn't he or some audience member maybe walking through a pit pour like two beers like over your head? Didn't when, when did me? that happen? Yeah, I feel like that. You was don't remember Co- this? I, like I remember was this. Cody, was that me? 
probably was Cody. Probably was Cody. That or makes more that, sense to be. Was Cody. that just the lie that I told him so that he would believe that I wasn't drinking? Ah, also, I'm joking. That's a smart move. I I did. That I was a smart. I was move. a late bloomer on that front, so that was definitely not the case. Um, dang. Whatever. I wish I could remember that, that but I, I don't remember, remember that, was, that remember. exactly. But I do remember going through high school, Corey. You and I started going to we some concerts like that, like Breaking Benjamin, to your point, Three Days Grace, uh, Chevelle, uh, Three Doors Down was on that list. That whole... Papa Roach was my call, big one. What you're I calling dad Roach. rock, I call commercial rock, cock rock, butt rock. It gets a lot of really negative names nowadays. Cut that out. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that's just what it's called. That's what people call it. It is what it is. I call it commercial rock because it has a little bit more respect. I still respect that music in a big way. Breaking Benjamin to this day is still one of my favorite bands. And then for me, the gateway, we'll get to this in a little bit, but Lincoln Park was the one for me that just like, like opened my mind and all of a sudden everything else was possible. Um, but before we go there, your playing career, you mentioned that you were a screamer in a band. Yes, I was, um, actually multiple bands. And I saw some pretty awesome band photos recently yeah when we you shared with me when we started talking about uh about doing this show together that uh the podcast uh, the the podcast podcast. yes um we started um, we're performing (laughs) correct (laughs) we started um sharing some pictures back and forth and i saw some pretty good ones of you as well oh yeah oh there's some bad ones yours seems a little more like commercial and good whereas mine was definitely in like basements of churches and stuff like that but yes i did have a playing career i played in four different bands mostly comprised of the same people we normally just decided we wanted to change our name breakups and, and name changes yep exactly Break-ups and name changes. scarecrow boat three skin four skin <laughs> how many <laughs> rat mouse and have? mouse rat goodness yes oh, yes my. yep that it is very much an andy dwyer scenario but yes from the time i was in the ninth grade till the time i was one year out of high school, I was playing in bands, and um, I um, was never extremely musically inclined. Cannot play any instruments very well. I tried my best at the drums, and that's definitely, as far as an actual instrument is concerned, that's the best I ever was. Uh, still not very good, but when it came to um, what many people would call screamo, hardcore metal music, I learned that I could figure out how to scream. Um, so with that said, um, that was kind of where my career went. And in that time, I also learned that I am not the worst singer in the world. So I did some singing, some screaming, um, and yeah, played in some bands. We, um, played with a lot of local bands at the same, like four or five spots, um, for many years. Absolutely Um, same. Probably the most prominent. I know Van, you've actually played with some prominent bands in that scene. Meh. Yeah. (laughs) The most prominent that, um that I ever had, there was a band called Scarlet O'Hara that was only signed by Rise Records for okay. probably six months. Cool. Um, and my band played with them, but I had been kicked out of the band by then. So, <laughs> so I was not the one to play with them. Hold on. Uh, I feel like there's a story there. How'd you kicked out of the band? So that was the last band that uh, I... Just some stupid political drama. That you was, know, I mean, like, Greg was like, you know, I don't know. That was the last <laughs> band that I ever played in, and it was... It was a band that already had a screamer 
So I just, it was all of my friends that I had played with in the past and just really wanted to be a part of it. So I said, let me play Synthesizer, which for anyone that doesn't know is basically just another version of piano. Here's the problem. I don't play piano. <laughs> so we got a little while I like in. The, I like the effort. And everyone learned that I don't in fact do that. And um, it was short lived. So, yeah, so uh, I was going to ask, what was your biggest show? That, that was, that was probably it. it. I just wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my, my biggest show that I ever played, again, it was a lot of um, just local bands, but it was in that time that malls were going out of business for the first time, and we got a gig after a mall closed. There was a restaurant inside of it that was just trying to book. So, but, and this is, so I grew up in Polk County, Florida, outside of Orlando, and it is hick country. There is not a lot to do. So all the kids loved going to that mall. And so there was one show played at that mall. We were the second to, like, right before the headliner, and we sold it out at, like, 500 people. So a 500-person capacity is the largest show that I ever played. That's not bad. That's not that. That sounds fun. No, I have respectable. It it was fun. It was definitely the highlight of like, wow, people actually care about this. Granted, there was no scale to go any higher then, but it was very cool. It was weird to have people about five hundred people looking at you. It's probably the only time in my life that that's ever happened. So I had a couple couple shows that come to mind that were my favorite. So yes, yeah, just like you. Moved to Nashville 2011, and we just start playing the rock bars, like Exit In, The Rutledge, R.I.P. Doesn't exist anymore. It's now Martin's Barbecue. I mean, um, delicious yeah. barbecue. I mean, hey, it's good barbecue. Um, Not great music, however. <laughs> but it used to be just be a rock club, you know, the end, basement, all that stuff. Well, we never played the basement, I guess. Uh, anyways, so there's a couple shows that come to mind. Uh, the biggest one that we played as a band, as Velderose, was in Jackson, Mississippi. We opened up for Tantric. Do you guys remember that band, Tantric? Of course I do. They that had, is weird. They had a couple big, big name songs, big hits. And in Jackson, Tennessee, they're just, they're eating that shit up. And we played at a bar called Taboo. You're going to love this. Gay bar. Walder loves this because he's barking in the background. Uh, it's a bar, bar called Taboo. Jackson, Tennessee's finest. You can only imagine what that's like for a tantric show. There's like, yeah, to your point, there's like 500 people in there. So. Yeah. And the background, it's, it's also doubles as a club. Think Sammy T's in Huntsville, Corey. You'll get that. Yeah. There's a, oh, there's yeah. a, a large human being on, in a painting behind us stretched out. It's a female, totally nude. So there's just boobs behind us. Yeah, it was just a very strange thing. You can, I, I'm pretty sure they're still on Facebook. There's like a weird painting behind us, and taboo, and it was just like boobs. It was very weird. So that wasn't was there a place like that in uh, at Lambeth? <laughs> very strange. We went to. That was probably it. If I had to get, there's only one place, and that's in Jackson. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, probably. So I think we partied there, but it yeah. was a club one it, night. I'm telling you, it was a club one night, and then it, it doubled as like a stage. So that would be number one. Number two was with a different band, but I opened up for Red Jumpsuit Apparatus at Hard Rock Cafe. That's the one, one. Time. and I couldn't. That think was of really who fun. Was. That is a gigantic band. That's nothing small. The by 75 any means. people that were there, I you know they would agree, but you know. <laughs> 
I mean, that was uh, uh, Tantric was also played on the radio, yeah. but that was from like call it 2005 to 2008. Red Jumpsuit Apparatus was a band that was consistently played on the radio. Very, very big. Um, I then, even know who that is. The so biggest. There we go. The biggest crowd that I ever played for. I don't want to. I don't want to get this mixed up. We didn't open for them. There was a battle of the bands that occurred prior to a show, but this was Journeys backyard bash or something or journeys summer bash the 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 company journeys puts on a show and there's a lineup of bands that play there is also a battle of the bands that occurs beforehand where like three or five i think it was five i think it was three or five so i got to go play with a couple buddies as a guitar player and we did journeys backyard bash in the parking lot of opryland hotel and so there's the backyard bash. There's the, the, I'm sorry, there's the battle of the bands. And then there are three bands that close out the night. So anyways, I get to play at like five or six o'clock to a crowd of probably 5,000 people. If I had to guess it was, it was a substantial. Oh, that's insane. Maybe not 5,000. Let's back up. Maybe 2,500. I don't know how to count. Still, you're breaking, you're breaking a thousand. That is uh, daunting. I got up on the stage and we're talking about, we're not talking about like a small rock club. We're talking about like a professional stage was brought in with like professional lights and like, it's really well done up and I'm playing guitar and I'm thinking to myself, how did I get here? <laughs> I was just asked to play it's one like, show by a buddy. Record, record scratch. Yep. That's me. Yep. I bet you're wondering how I got here. And I couldn't tell you who the two bands were that opened for the main show, but all American rejects blew the top off that parking lot and that was pretty awesome that was a pretty awesome day the fact that i got to play that stage we played like four songs you know what i'm saying but we're like looking out in the crowd and i'm like oh there's a lot of people out there like this is this is happening <laughs> did you win the battle of the bands no oh, well. wait <laughs> wait i honestly don't remember i think the only way that you can actually say you open for them is if you did is in if fact you, win think, that battle I, of the band. I think that, I agree with that. The, I agree with that statement. The weirdest part was actually walking out there for them to give out the battle of the bands award. The playing part, I was like, well, I'm just playing. This is what I do. I'm just playing. You know, I play guitar, whatever. I'm gonna do my thing. But then when they like brought you out there, and it was like, oh wow, there's really a lot of people here. <laughs> uh, that was probably the highlight for me. So that's pretty cool. Did either of you ever think that you guys were really going to get like famous from doing this though? I, I was going like, to ask how far really would you were think, thought you could go with it? I always wanted to. And there was probably a part of me in that time as a dumb kid where I thought it was possible. Looking back, there was absolutely no way the, there, <laughs> there are oh, actually Orlando and specifically Tampa are big places Huge. for these kinds of bands to Huge get their hubs. start and come out of. And they worked a lot harder than we did. We were lazy teenagers that just l thought we could make it big by doing whatever we wanted. There were people that put the time. I mean, Under Oath is one of the biggest bands that will ever come out of that genre. And they started in Tampa. Um, there probably were two or three bands that I was seeing as like an eighth grader that got signed to big labels and stuff like that. And that was never going to be us. So I, I agree. I, I really like, I thought I would give it hell for a couple years. And I always said, by the time I turned 25, if I haven't made some substantial leeway, like if I have not made some um, headway, there you go, that I was going to be out and I'm going to become a lawyer. I kind of always thought I was going to do that. There were some times where it was very questionable, but um, 
You want it. You want the golden glory. Of you course. Know? It sounds fun it and sounds easy. It sounds amazing. And a very small fraction of people actually get there. I know. And to your point, it's those that work really, really hard to get there. Um, so as far as playing career goes, there's a couple last questions. I had one, and then Mr. Evan Tone has one. Mine is, was there such a thing as a V that was too deep? There was never <laughs> too deep of a V. Um, let me... So... Corey, you can, you're the only one that can see. No one the, at home can see the this. The deepest V I had was like in between. <laughs> well, that's naval territory. In between titties and belly button. <laughs> By the way. Oh, yeah. For those at home. Okay, if you don't know what a V is, it's a, it's a, it's it's a, a V-neck. A V-neck shirt. A V-neck shirt. And at some point in the scene, it was totally acceptable to show belly button. Correct. <laughs> in the V. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, like we're just wearing a tank. We're if just you, we're, we're wearing a. I don't even know what it is. If at this you point. Ha, if you were lucky enough to have, um, we're wearing a McLovin, chest hair. You would shave it. it you're, was, you're wearing a McLovin vest at this point. Correct. It, it, it only attaches at the bottom. Yes. So the answer was <laughs> in, two, in 2010. Like hold it. There was not two. That's it. V. No, no such thing. And then Evan Tone's question was: Did you or do you still crab core? <laughs> so can I would, you explain to the people at home what crab I, I can. Is? <laughs> I would like to start with my own question. Is Evan's last name really Tone and I've been calling him Thon? Thon? <laughs> yes, 100%. Right. Evan, I would like to take a second to apologize <laughs> to you for that. <laughs> so my answer uh, to Evan Tone. Um, it's not Thor. It's not Thon. It's Tone. Is that it's um, Thor. I actually started playing music after the crab core. Oh, wait, I need to explain. So crab core is basically a lot of the music at that time was choreographed what you would do on stage like everyone on stage would do the same thing at the same time and one thing that was very popular was the screamer vocalist the guitar players um obviously not the drummer would basically it's more it's going back to zach's sitting or stander question like you are literally <laughs> the poop question <laughs> as low as you can go like trying to make yourself look like a crab <laughs> while you are playing your music it it sounds insane right now <laughs> it is it was stupid and we loved it um i started playing app cor- correct yeah you can we will get on the phone after this is over and we will show you some videos of crab core stick stickly um your, your leg think about your knee think about doing a squat your leg your you're like upper like your thighs are flat to the ground yeah. you want your chin and your knee to be at about the same level <laughs> that is crab core so I myself, I wish y'all could see Corey's face. Astounded, so befuddled right now. Astounded. Just, I just I don't know what's happening anymore. So when I I was a little bit after the um, what I'll call the attack attack crab core era. What I a was, great question though. It is a fantastic fantastic question. question. I was more in the woe is me bouncy era. So oh. uh, Corey to to throw it back uh, to what I just said. It was always about being choreographed, and so the big thing when I was uh, when I was playing was you would all just like slightly bounce jump jump up and down in sequence and sometimes you would all like turn together it was uh, basically a pageant it was it was like basically it. in so, sync so, but with so it was like Motown music. but it was after oh. the crab <laughs> yes it was uh, <laughs> crabby <Okay>. Motown <laughs> crabby <laughs> Motown all right that I can like... deal with it I can dig it. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, so the new band name called it. So, so Evan, to answer your question, I was in what I would call the "woe is me" bouncy era. We're not done. There's more to come. You have just finished part one of The Pit Pod with Brandon Dowd. we got a lot more music talk, a lot more metal talk coming up in part two. So go ahead and swap over. You're listening to Talkin' BS.